1: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Live from Las Vegas. Sports talk. Hot takes. And all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez. The playmakers.
3: Hellest of lows and happiest of hoes. Welcome back. To another edition of the Playmakers Plus, I think, right now edition. So yes, it's, it can go really anywhere from this point. No,
2: honestly, NFL draft weekend, uh, the Dodgers and D-backs bottom eight. They're tied one to one. So who knows? The whole show might be on Playmakers Plus, but you got us here now. And let's enjoy this moment together as a family, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's an important moment to kind of gather ourselves before the big plunge and Uh, Just to remind everyone, in case you're a first timer here, maybe you're just a little bit tipsy and don't really remember who we're talking to. Lindsay Brown is here. That's my voice. That's my name. That is uh, my being. And across the glass, Adrian
2: Hernandez. And
3: we are the Playmakers. We're here each and every weekday, 3 to 5 p.m., multi-talented dimensional beings that have so many sports with a Z and other, well, mostly other things, uh, to get into today. Uh, plenty of hockey talk because not only do we have to discuss last night's loss, we have to discuss the the game today because we're on a back to back. Us being the Vegas Golden Knights.
2: It's always good to play a game after heartbreak.
3: Yes, get the bad taste out of your mouth unless there's only so much toothpaste left in the tube and you're just kind of out to dry.
2: Dry toothpaste, dude. Do you without ever? Without water, oh my what's god. What's worse,
3: to not have toothpaste or not have a toothbrush? When you pack for a trip, because, you know, you could just put the toothpaste on your finger, swish it around. Like... Many a
2: times in Miami, I've yeah. had to specifically do the uh, finger yep. toothbrush. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely without toothpaste. What
3: what leaves your mouth feeling less
2: clean? Oof, you, I guess
3: I think I think the toothbrush without the toothpaste is worse. Because yes. at least with the taste, you can kind of have that facade that I definitely just clean up my mouth, even though if you put your tongue over your teeth, there's definitely fuzzies on there. No,
2: 100%. But at least if you do the finger, like, your tongue can also help guide and True. put the paste, like, throughout the mouth as opposed to just feeling. And that's one of, like, the w- waking up with, mm. like, Wake up! nasty mouth Yeah, is the absolute worst. And you're, like, an avid gum chewer, which yes. I respect.
3: And toothbrusher, to be honest. Yeah, you
2: have two, two or three times a day.
3: Depends on the anxiety, honestly. I, I find myself if I'm if I'm being very like micromanagerial over my life, I will brush my, my teeth more because my mouth just gets dried out more. It doesn't feel right. And so I'm looking to like alleviate that or just So take like care the of
2: shootout it. last night is definitely like uh, scrim, Oh, scrim, I was scrim,
3: scrim, scrim. chewing through some gum, but I <laughs> I, I certainly was Uh, along for the ride when it came to the emotional roller coaster that was last night's Golden Knights game. But again, we're going to get into that in here just a minute. We're going to get into NFL draft talk uh, in just a couple minutes. We're going to be talking about who's in town, at least for the draft prospects, and what their resting bitch face says about them. Because we got some sheets and some pictures, and we're going to judge and really uh, create a segment out of that.
2: No, 100%. I like it, that
3: type of draft coverage. No,
2: we do. And, and and thank you to the NFL for providing us the pictures and, yes. and the information. And we're going to make the most of it.
3: We picked up our credentials today. And I can promise you, at least for myself, that I'm not wearing it at all today, just like security told me.
2: Uh, why? Because you were like, they no, said. No,
3: they said, do not wear the passes today. Only start wearing them tomorrow because they're worried about people basically seeing them out and about in public. Photoshopping them, creating fakes by the time everything opens up uh, tomorrow.
2: That's such a difficult thing because there's like four different conventions going on yeah, plus but it's the draft. Yeah, because somebody
3: has a has a counterfeit machine like in their garage. Yeah, no, so 100%. this is this is the way it goes. Uh, we've been mostly avoidant because that's how my attachment usually goes when uh, I'm wronged and I'm not saying I was wronged last night but I was hurt
2: but oh. I can't
3: even be mad at Jaw, And we'll just leave it at that. That's going to wrap up our first hour. Do a deep dive with 35. I know we usually do that on Thursdays, but we are going to be down at Radio Row tomorrow. Don't want to make it all about me. So we're going to do it today. And then you actually, while you were picking up your credentials, you were trying to work, trying to uh, establish some some interview prospects Rapport, for us. Some
2: would say. And
3: I don't know if we want to share that with the, the class at this point, because I'm not really sure where that's going to go, but just know that we have an interview segment uh, in our second slot of the second hour and we'll wrap things up with. Uh, so you're saying there's still a chance kind of, if you're looking for like the deepest of dives for the gold Knights, Chicago game, probably not going to find it here, but I can promise you a good time. And a few good laughs, hopefully because the inside jokes definitely can be made about this hockey team. Because at this point, Adrian, I think, I think we have to open up This with a very, very strong statement after the button, though. I think it's safe to say that the Golden Knights are the most hated team in the National Hockey League.
2: Oh, us?
3: Yes, 100%. Like, every other fan base except for ours, like, if they had to choose between us losing and the opponent it's probably us every time.
2: Even the Canadian teams get more. Yeah,
3: I, I yeah, I think so to an extent. Maybe I maybe not uh. so much on the East Coast because I'm not sure if they know where we are. But there's a lot of reasons why people are rooting for the Golden Knights to fail. The kind of consensus short version that I can. Uh, chalk this up to is that a lot of people think that the Golden Knights were born with a silver spoon in their mouth with the with a razor scooter to go downhill right off of third base into a big old ball pit of happiness and sunshine. Were
2: the rich kids? Yes. Oh, I don't like that.
3: I, I certainly don't feel like it to you. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. It's all a facade, clearly. I'm jealous, I wish. And, you know, there's many reasons why we got to that point. It, it could be the expansion draft related where we just did too good of a job. It could be the cap circumnavigation. It could be the bad trades. It could be the treating the players not so great. It could be a multitude of things. But at the end of the day, everybody likes winners. At some sense. At least you got to respect them. You got to respect the results. But this team isn't getting that right now. And this isn't any shock or surprise. The fact that Logan Thompson can do everything in his power in a shootout besides score... It is so frustrating for me to watch him play so well in that shootout last night, just overall in the game, and the Golden Knights stonewalled, stonewalled, stonewalled. stonewalled. Like, very little creativity, to be totally honest.
2: Is it fair to say, then, that they were uninspired during that shootout, offensively?
3: I, I just think you're nervous. I, I think we know exactly how big of that that game was, and once that regulation time expired... Once that third period was done in which the Golden Knights threw everything, including the kitchen sink, at Jake Ottinger, the netminder for the Dallas Stars, who had 14 saves in the third period, he was excellent last night. And once we knew that that regulation time goes, that our destiny is completely out of our hands. Like, we're just trying to get the second point so we're not completely eliminated, right? Even though we weren't going to be that. Uh, because we made it to that overtime stance, but Dallas is also playing tonight, I believe. And if they win in regulation, they make the playoffs. If they win both of their games, either of their remaining games in the schedule, they are in the playoffs.
2: And and just for reference, in terms of us, uh, and according to Hockey Reference, our playoff odds are at zero point five percent so half a percent
3: yes. that's slightly lower than eight that it was a couple of days ago
2: so Lindsay, basically
3: newsflash we're screwed yeah it's pretty much pretty freaking much and our names aren't performing they're not stepping up in in the biggest moments i i thought man you no know, kind of looked lost out there last night the guy that we talked about earlier this week and it's not number seven it's number nine jack eichel um
2: guy who's never been in these situations in these games, right?
3: And but certainly familiar with the weight of unmet potential and expectation. And I worry about him specifically because we know about the organization from which he arrived from and the history that that carries. And, And in many ways, I'm sure he probably thought, well, I'm going to be able to, to get the monkey off my back this year. I'm going to be able to play with this team. It's going to be just a completely different experience. Not just am I going to make the playoffs. Like, we're going to have the support. We're going to have all of these things. But guess what? The grass isn't greener on the other side right now because we, had, we didn't buy fertilizer, and we've been ripping up our own turf for days in cleats. Like, it's a problem. And for how well Logan Thompson played last night, Jake Ottinger was better. Jake Ottinger... Made some point blank saves back door both both net miners so young so athletic and very close to going over the edge last night. Jake Ottinger got caught out of his crease a little bit on his second goal against on the power play. He can't be in that white paint when he's playing with a man disadvantage. You just have to play more conservatively. It's not that you can't make that save. You just can't go chasing for that rebound. And the Dallas defenseman did such a good job and and centers for that fact of getting in the shooting lanes and and tipping pucks. And sometimes that can be a hit or miss proposition because you could be blocking pucks and all of a sudden they're falling down in the wrong places on the wrong sticks and going uh, behind the wrong goal lines. But that wasn't the case for Dallas last night. And they were able to play the game that they wanted. They were able, even though the Golden Knights were able to get scoring going early. But Golden Knights were out hit 28-39. to They went one for one on the power play, which, like I said, is kind of nice. Dallas had 14 giveaways to the Golden Knights 9. And the Golden Knights took away the puck from the Dallas Stars 7 times to their 5. 24 block shots on either side. Like I said lots of clogging. So at the very least like the Golden Knights played a style of game that they were they're not usually used to, but they're more or less equipped to right now because their talent isn't scoring. They don't have everybody at their full capacity and it still wasn't enough. You sent out seven shooters on the shootout. What I tell you about the Jason Robertson character, a little slippery, isn't he? Two goals last night, but what missed on the shootout, Jack Eichel went out there for us was stopped. Shea Theodore went out there for us was stopped. Nick Waugh went out there for us was stopped. Chandler Stevenson was stopped. Jonathan Marchessault, Evgeny Dodonov, William Carlson. Every single one. And that's where this team is. They they could be working their asses off. They could be putting their heart, their soul, their being in the collective consciousness, all the angel numbers, everything. And it's not enough because they've been burning the extra gas for months on players that have been healthy and the ones that haven't can't get up to speed to be able to be effective. And when you're going up against teams that have similar aspirations and at the very least have more experience with one another, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard or is all, isn't on the ice to be available. And that's the scenario that played out last night in Dallas. That's the scenario that, played out in the, our, our last few games there are teams that are playing for less, but playing more free. Like that's New Jersey devils game MO right there. And it's not technically over, but it stings a little extra today. And, and not because of uh, what has happened, but because of just the timing of it. Cause last night, we had the netminder for the Nashville Predators, UC Soros, who I've talked about extensively on this program. Vesna Trophy, not finalist probably, but certainly going to be challenging in the next few years. A huge reason why they're in the position that they are, which is a clinched playoff spot, I think the first wild card position. He left the ice in the, with about six and a half minutes left in the third period. Got to like the tunnel part, couldn't put weight on his leg. Four to six weeks, I think it's more. And that pretty much, no offense to David Riddick, we know David Riddick very well here in, in, in Las Vegas. He was the backup netminder in Calgary for years. He's the one that always went after players when they would skate near him if he saved the puck. You know, he started a lot of BS. He ain't going to get it done for Nashville, let me tell you. He's not. And so for that timing to happen, and again, the Knights are on the outside looking in. And, you know, this is just the way that things kind of happen sometimes. You're at, you're at the mercy of just random life and luck. But it just it just goes to show you that nobody is immune, and that everybody technically has a chance, right? Because everything could look one way, and then at the last second, boom, it changes. And we were kind of looking for that in a last minute ditch effort for this team when Mark Stone came back, when Max Pacioretty came back, when we were able to kind of gel. But those names, the top six, crickets, crickets for production. And that's where, well, is it worth putting him out there? Is it where is he better than the low, than the, some of the guys we were having up here earlier this season? Absolutely. But we also have to adjust our expectation of what they're able to accomplish, and they just dug themselves too big of a hole and to join midstream with a team with a very low confidence right now.
2: And I do want to say you were correct. Dallas does play tonight, um, mm-hmm. but. They have to play the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. So that doesn't bode well for us. I think uh, one, the
3: Coyotes won their last game, though. I'm pretty sure. Well, hopefully. What they play? I think they played like Nashville or something.
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully they, they keep that alive. One thing I do want to go back to um, in terms of the shootout, and I kind of want to get your perspective. I'm mm. um, obviously being a goalie. Yeah. Like when you have a situation where Logan Thompson stopped six opportunities, mm-hmm. six opportunities. Great and gap control them, from him. Yeah. For them to lose, like I guess kind of put us in his shoes. Like, that has to feel absolutely demoralizing. Like, what more can I do?
3: Well, it, it definitely does feel demoralizing, but luckily you're dealing with a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience at this level, still trying to prove himself, and as we've come to learn, has the biggest FU chip on his shoulder. And so, in, in my goalie mind, that's, you're always on an island. And it's their job to figure out how to do their job. And so I can only do my best. But I get a little pissed. I have a little bit like, why can't we we take that next step? Where where's where's my support? Where's my backup? But you don't it's not something that you would diffuse to other people. That you just use that as fuel. I gotta be even better because our team isn't clicking at the level that it needs to. So I need to make sure that I can help make up for it. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But he's doing a hell of a job and giving them a chance to win in his starts and, and has played in a manner that is uh energy inducing and that's what the golden knights need because they, they 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 get it from scoring they that's what they that's what they rely on for their energy if it's not the home crowd when you don't have either of those on your side who do you look to your goaltender and he's given them a chance and you're just waiting for the the rest of the team to catch up and give themselves one as well but there's not many days left in this particular chapter But another installment against the Blackhawks just a few hours away. We'll have a very, very overviewed preview of that game and get into a little bit of the NHLPA player uh, results in terms of uh, of some polls that were taken earlier today. But we got to move on because it is NFL draft week. We are going to be down in Radio Row tomorrow. And so let's go through some of these prospects on the other side of the break. All in for the bet.
0: Everything stops.
3: Something different.
2: Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet.
3: Anytime there's boogie tea involved, you know it's going to be a good day. Especially when we're talking about music preferences. Wait! Hold on. I love
0: everything except for country! Just so everyone knows, I
3: don't ever hear country music on this station. (laughs) just to clarify uh playmakers are we Lindsay Brown Adrian Hernandez sports and other things are what we do and we are going to put our NFL draft hats on earlier today Adrian and I were able to secure our media passes we'll be down at Radio Row and I've said I've said this like 80,000 times I'm pretty sure nobody's going to be able to like see us except for the people that are cred- credentialed to be on Radio Row but if you're going to be down on the strip during the next couple of days like all at us. Like let us know. Maybe we'll pop out. I'm sure we'll be deep in the prep. We're gonna take this so seriously, no, guys.
2: A hundred percent. And also Mike, Lindsay. Hi. Lindsay, just you have to keep saying it, but but say that you're credentialed. Cause when you're credentialed, we are officially it's like, credentialed. It's like getting thirty percent more XP in terms of mm. just just stature and just knowledge, and also so like my
3: double points that that roll up in my VIP status. I only have one. I only have one place that I have VIP status at. Yeah, And it's my dispensary. Uh,
2: yeah, exactly. So for for <laughs> draft knowledge, yeah, for draft knowledge, you get that. And also, uh, speaking to keeping in touch with us, of course, uh, you should follow us on our social medias at the Bet Las Vegas. They're
3: already obsessed. But what Instagram and
2: Twitter. Uh, you know, and, and all that. Uh, Adrian Radio 9-3 on the Twitters as well for mm. me. I heard it's Lindsey Brown 35 for you. Confirmed. Yeah, so so we're going to be out there. We, we're going to be with the people all this weekend. Um, And yeah, get ready for it because tonight, 10 p.m., road closures. They yep. start.
3: Riddle me this. Actually, before we get into these prospects, let's get this story out of the way because I think it's genius. I think the Laramie Tunsil story is so fascinating for, for a multitude of reasons because when – the draft was unfolding in 2016. This is a guy that was in some camps considered to be a top prospect, like a number one overall prospect. And, you know, things change as the draft approaches. We're dealing with one of those drafts where there's no consensus number on this year. And the draft's starting to happen. He doesn't go top. And all of a sudden, a picture leaks online. Remember, this is 2016. So this is like different type of social media waters, right? But enough for it to go viral instantly.
2: And yeah, that, not, not completely personal, but still there.
3: Yes, and that picture was uh, of Laramie with a with a gas mask on, a bong gas mask. How times have changed, right? Because he was sliding and sliding and sliding. He went all the way down to Miami with the thirteenth pick, and later on, he was flipped to the Houston Texans for a by Bill O'Brien to send uh, the wide receiver guy to to Arizona. And he's like he's one of those guys that. The NFL in the history, or at least the most recent history, is not the same without his inclusion. But here's the bit. He's moving past this incident by minting his own NFT of the infamous gas 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 mask video. Brilliant. If there's anybody to profit off their own stupidity, it should be themselves.
2: And it's a one of one, by the way. Yeah,
3: one of one. And so truly knows how the supply and the demand work. But I just think that's genius, I th- and and we learned on draft night I believe that it was his stepfather that was uh, getting those 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 pictures out into the to the Twitter sphere, um. You know, Tunsil said that his Twitter account was hacked. Um, Wait,
2: that his like his stepdad posted it, yeah. like on some hating stuff.
3: Well, isn't it? Didn't they? Wasn't it posted from Tunsil's account?
2: I believe so. Yes. And
3: so I, I think maybe they had a password or they had a login on multiple phones. Remember this is 2016 Twitter, different security. Is it a two factor authentication? Not sure. But it was just, it was a real time lesson for a lot of people about the dangers of social media in, in the terms of what it can do. If something is out there that gets to be known publicly.
2: I want to ask you a question. So obviously some off the field things have happened with the Raiders. And to me, the situation with the gas mask, pre seems pretty harmless.
3: Yeah, we're, uh, we're talking about the weed. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it, things are different now. We're trying
2: to have fun. Although a gas mask, jeez, my guy, those hey, things. Will, his
3: tolerance is high. You got to get feel, it in there.
2: Yeah, um, but like, would that prevent? Like, if like if you're Raiders, right? If you're Dave Ziggler, if you're Josh McDaniels, and and you're interested in someone, and something like this comes out, yeah, is that stopping you from picking him? Especially if there's someone similar
3: in the moment. Sure. In the moment, like we have to remember, like this is happening as the draft is going on live, and so teams are being put on the clock and expected to make their pick. And maybe you know, ten minutes ago, Laramie, they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this!" But then another tweet was sent, and now things are changed. And I have five minutes to make this decision on whether or not he's the guy I want to gamble on. And that's the thing; it had nothing to do with Laramie at that point in terms of what his character was, because it perception is going to be reality at that point. And he dealt with the consequences. He lost out on millions of dollars that's by dropping difference. down to 13th. That's, that's just the way that they scale it. Yeah. Um, like, like I said, it's a cautionary tale. But I, I think as we've gone through different chapters of, of media training as a society and stuff, I, we understand that power should lie in the hands of the people when it comes to pictures of themselves and when things get out. I and mean, we're seeing a lot of legislation around revenge porn right now. We're seeing a lot of legislation around just sharing a, a, of different content and stuff, even music, like of how careful you have to be. But at the same time, how predatory people can be and look at, looking out for you, and then how wrong that is. Because at the same time, when so and so's like nude pictures get leaked, it's not the problem of it's not the fault of the person who took the pictures. It's a problem and the fault of the person who leaked them. It is not illegal to have those pictures, and that's you know that's the difference between the illegality and then the, our morals and stuff like that. But I say if you want to take those pics and you send them to whoever you want, but you just got to be careful.
2: No, hundred percent, and I think that a lot of a and if lot it's of your things, parent
3: that's screwing you over, I don't think they're doing a very good job of parenting.
2: That is a a documentary that like that's that's Wouldn't an be the insane first time. yeah that's that's an insane story, and and I do think you know on the less serious note, I think it's interesting now that we are in the era of nil. Mm-hmm. on how now players are, in terms of their characteristics, are, are being viewed or judged. You know, if if a player has a business outlook right and is very in tune with his brand, like uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who before the season was damn near going to be number one. Mm-hmm. And because he's so focused on his brand and he has just other things, he's dropped. He's dropped down in stock because they're like, does he really love the game? And to and me, I that's kind that. of frustrating. I
3: hate that because, like, God forbid you have other interests. It's the same type of mentality that youth sports coaches peddle out to parents just saying, well, you could go to softball practice, but everybody else is going to be here at hockey practice, so you can make that choice. But I'm just saying it might reflect badly in the future, right? Just because somebody el- they're doing something else doesn't mean that it's taking away from what they do the most, if not enhancing it.
2: And, and, and I guess I hope just in time, because this is so new, Mm-hmm. That this just becomes the standard. Because, yeah, people are going to start, like, shout out to them kids going viral that are, like, basketball sensations that got crazy TikToks as high schoolers. Like, take advantage of your opportunity.
3: Yeah, but also make sure you are, like, seeing people professionally because that type of fame that early and centering your whole life around being an entrepreneur from, like, age five might have some implications yeah. the future that we don't understand quite yet because we just haven't gotten down the road far enough. But speaking of someone who uh, hasn't gotten down the road quite yet. Charles Cross, not related to Chris. Uh, Mississippi guy, 6'5", 307 pounds from Laurel, Mississippi. Uh, Two-year starter, appeared in 25 games over three seasons, according to this packet that I picked up at the media uh, credential (laughs) thing. Started 10 games as a redshirt freshman, all SEC freshman team. T is tackle, right?
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes, offensive lineman. I'm
3: like, it's not T, so it's not tight end. Uh, You know anything about Charles Cross?
2: I know that the Raiders would love to have him, but this dude's going to be he's a not premium drop. Yeah, this dude's a premium, uh, premium pick. Okay. And Lower Mississippi. Shout out to Big Crit. He's a rapper. Yeah. This is this is this is the type of hold on. Phenomenal foot speed though, and has one of the one of the more bigger butts in the NFL draft. And you that's love important. The butts. You know You're a huge fan. Did you see what ESPN dropped earlier today, by the way? What? So they have the, what does ESPN Daily, Pablo Torre does a podcast every morning. Uh, they kind of focused on the story about the butt is the most important muscle when it comes to the draft and like how scouts and like nobody talks about this. You mean the this. thing
3: that moves our legs and keeps everything upright? Yeah, you don't say.
2: Yeah, and nobody talks about it. I felt redemption after last night's uh, Booty Gate fiasco on the, on yeah, the show. Yeah, you're just attracted
3: to success and and clear indications of future
2: Yes, exactly.
3: Successes. Uh... What about the Sauce Gardner, the best name, I think, in this whole damn packet? There's only so many guys that are going to be here, like, on location in Vegas for the draft, and that's why they have provided us with this packet. Um, and so there's only, like, you know, 20, 20 of them?
2: Yeah, 20. 25? Yeah.
3: Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. Cornerback. We might need one of those. Uh, Detroit, Michigan. I know you hate that, but we won't hold it against him. Um Again, one of the better names... Uh, First-team All-American his final two seasons, did not allow a touchdown pass of more than a 1,000 coverage snaps. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. Right? He, he's he's arguably one or two in terms of the best corners that are going to be available. Uh, and when you have a name like Sauce, you're kind of destined for greatness, right?
3: Yeah, although it is confusing with the Sauce Gardener because I would think that it's a liquid. But if you're gardening it, is it an irrigation system?
2: Nah. We'll have to
3: ask the Egyptians.
2: No, 100%. One thing with Sauce Gardner, so obviously Cincinnati in the play- the college football playoff earlier this year, they got demolished by Alabama, Yeah, like most teams do. But uh, Sauce Gardner only allowed one pass uh, in terms of being defended. Only one pass was completed against him, only for four yards. That's highly impressive.
3: He had 3.5 sacks in his uh, career, so I just need to put that stat out there. The clue, A clear indication of greatness. Uh, you spoke about other cornerbacks that are good, that are going to be right around him, that Kyler Gordon. He's from uh, – Muc- I'm not even going to try to say that word. From Washington. Uh, Macalito. Macalito, something like that. Uh, from University of Washington, 17 contests that he started, uh, played in 33 games over four seasons, just two interceptions, 14 passes defended, two forced fumbles, and one forced recovery. So not a guy that looks to be a big showstopper, but maybe that's just because he shut down that side of the field and people stopped targeting.
2: Yeah, and, and also, you know, he was here in Las Vegas he was here in Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Bowl. Oh,
3: that's right. Um,
2: yeah, this this guy is I really I really wish that this guy would be dropping down here for our Raiders. Um and he was the last sentence seems very important growing up near Seattle. Uh this dude grew up practicing martial arts and gymnastics.
3: Oh, Oh, dude, the and gymnastics he, business is a big time money for the tiny humans these days. Yeah,
2: and, and he joined the Seattle Storms hip hop dance uh, group. Oh, which,
3: damn. Starting troop, at nine not years group. old.
2: Troop. The troop, excuse me. So the, the nine footwork years old, is impeccable. A hundred percent.
3: And movement through space. He's probably very acrobatic.
2: Yeah, and that like those are the underrated like little things. And he's that little. I, I mean, he's not
3: little, but he's six foot, 200 pounds. That's three inches shorter than Sauce Gardner. And I'm not saying that size d- matters, but to some people it does. But I would much rather invest in uh, someone with a little bit more of an eclectic mix of skills. Like you went to dance class and stuff. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, and and, uh, and obviously those things kind of contribute to. I love it. Yeah, his position. Are we going to do Kyle Hamilton right I, now? That's
3: where I was going to go because he's definitely a name that we're actually pretty familiar with, or at least uh, uh, you are. Safety, Notre Dame, from Atlanta, Georgia, All American both of his final seasons. Uh, 139 tackles, 7.5 of those were for a loss, 16 passes defended, and eight interceptions as a safety. As a safety,
2: and he he's one of these new mold safeties. I feel like Mel Kuyper right now. This is kind of cool. And he's uh, so
3: good that people are they're like, well, he could go number one overall. And the only reason why people don't want to do that because how often do we see safeties up there?
2: And you know the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's that's another big reason. But they this still guy, got
3: Miles Jack down there.
2: No, he he, he was left, a draft he started, darling. I remember. He, well, it's funny if you look through the Jaguars' history, like it was awful, 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 awful. Yep. The year they drafted Miles Jack was the same year they got Jalen Ramsey, and then awful, right. awful, they awful, had awful, awful, so, awful, yeah. awful, awful. He signed with the Steelers. It was a free agent this season, so he got out of that hell. But right. Kyle Hamilton is one of these new age. You know, it's no longer we need one safety to be in the box. We need the other to play center field. Like, no, you need to be able to do it all as a safety and be flexible. And this guy is the the. The antithesis of that. Um, he's super fast. Uh, he, he's for, he's at a great four, player. Six four two
3: twenty. That that's a scary type of freight train to try to you know cut across the middle against.
2: This is a dude that should be going top fifteen, if not inside the top ten.
3: Yeah, for it's, sure. it's
2: such a great this draft because of the lack of quarterbacks, the possibilities, and also just the transactions. It just makes it very difficult to kind of pinpoint things, but this dude's a surefire top 15. And if we
3: think about it too, how much money do you think each team individually puts in researching their quarterback department or like fortifying that and putting resources to that? Do you think they put the same amount of resources towards the safety position? Probably not. So there's just going to be a bias inherently because most, they're not going to have the same amount of, uh, you know, drums to bang on saying, this is the guy, this is the guy, this is the guy. Um, Aiden Hutchinson's a a name that we've talked about a lot. Uh, He's, in that conversation to potentially go number one overall from Michigan. Uh, big, 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 big boy. Six, seven, 260 pounds has won pretty much every award that you could. Uh, first team, all AP, all American, big tens, most valuable player, defensive player of the year, defensive lineman of the year, all these things.
2: 14 sacks last year.
3: Yep. Um, and has two younger sisters and that's it. So you know that he's patient.
2: No, 100%. I mean, he went to Michigan. He doesn't
3: shy away from the difficult conversations.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know, the question with Jacksonville is if they're going to go, are you going to go with the high ceiling? Or what's the phrase with the floor? Would you
3: want, or would you, the basement?
2: No, 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 like the, they say if you have you either high have a ceiling high ceiling or a or, sunken basement. or the, No, 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 like a wide floor. Oh, these phrases. I'll get down to them. We get paid to talk. But he's he's the more consistent player uh, compared to Trevon Walker from right. Georgia, who's very potential. Yeah, well, uh, that's what comes based. with the
3: SEC. You know, you have some guys that very rarely see game time field, but then they end up being really, really good prospects and have good careers in the NFL. And that's why the arms race to even just get on those SEC rosters is – Crazy and
2: yeah, Georgia's defenses was an all-star team last year, where they're yeah. expected to have f- at least five people from Georgia's defense go in the first round. The first round only—it's crazy.
3: I feel more educated than we were just a few minutes ago. NFL draft coverage, unlike you've ever seen before. We live from Radio Row tomorrow with hopefully some really, really interesting conversations with some even more interesting people.
2: Even later on the show too.
3: Yes, absolutely. Who that will be, you will have to find out. But guess what, guys? I'm mostly devastated, but I can't even be mad because Jaws' greatness cannot be denied. I'm 40 to the bet. We'll be back.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries
1: for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails. at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: Ah, spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
2: Adrian Hernandez and Lindsay Brown the playmakers Exclusively on 11:40, The Bet.
3: Oh, we got the extended intro, do we? Nice, Daisy Duke. Expect that mango. Woo, woo! All right. <laughs> this isn't the song that I expected to lead off this segment, but I'm glad we're putting a little bit of a chiropractic adjustment into uh, my sadness. Not really sadness. I mean,
2: <laughs> Lindsay, I can't stop laughing because the thing I love about this show. Is that there's like two different Americas and, and we kind of merge them together and I appreciate it. What do
3: you mean there's two different uh, Americas? Just there's
2: people who grew up like me that didn't really listen to songs like these, but now. You didn't
3: listen to 303!
2: Absolutely not, Threals. but now that we're playing it.
3: 303? It's like,
2: I get why people shop at Hollister and we're in there because if music like this was playing, this is, this is a good song.
3: Oh, yeah. If you're in Hollister, that's the early part of their careers because sooner or later we started making our way down to. Uh, Spencer's.
2: Oh, yeah. oh Spencer's and Hot Topic. Once Topica. we did the
3: collabs with Kesha, that's when things started to take uh, a little bit of a turn. And turns were taken in Memphis last night. Oh, boy. The Wolves apparently are like the first team in playoff history to blow multiple 20-point leads or something like that. Um, not exactly the record I would like to cement into the book, but damn – it was such a good game for both teams uh, and talents uh, on both sides last night. Even End of the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, but it ends up being decided on a last-second layup from Ja Morant as he finally woke up. He finally had his breakout game. And honestly, that last possession where he kind of shook out Anthony Edwards from the inbound, I was like, could you give the guy an easier lane to the basket? But – when you're in the, those big moments, it's really tough to expect that level of, of awareness from a 20-year-old Anthony Edwards who's done everything else to help push this team to to victory. Ant had 22 points, uh, no assists, one rebound, one off, or just one offensive rebound. He was 33% beyond the arc. And Carl uh, Anthony Towns, another great game for him as well, 28 points, uh, 12 rebounds, three steals, one assist, two blocks. I mean, that's that's a hell of a stat line, and I can understand why he said in his press conference uh, following the game in which he was fine with answering questions, which is always nice, um, that tonight is uh, one of those nights where basketball sucks because the box scores tell you that there's a lot of winners on the floor, but in terms of the team, Memphis took a big-time step Uh, and are now one game away from eliminating the Wolves that will return to Minneapolis. But what are your thoughts about what you saw last night?
2: Um, First off, dunk of of not only the year might be – In game, in terms of an in-game dunk, and in the playoffs too, might be one of the best dunks, if not the greatest dunk.
3: We already have the poster in history. We've seen the angle from the poster, the camera from from the board. It's ridiculous. It's even the manner in which, like uh, Beasley's falling down for the Wolves, and how everybody's just kind of standing because it was like he took off from the free throw line.
2: Yeah, no, it was
3: tomahawked it down. He's just such a special player and especially when he gets up off the off the uh floor adrian because even on that layup he gets bumped he gets moved he is so smooth once he's able to kind of get above everybody else's heads
2: yeah and 13 consecutive points for ja to close out the the game 13 of the last final points for the grizzlies of uh, 22 years old Uh, That's the most since LeBron in 07 when he scored 25 against the Pistons. Um, Not only that, I want to give it up for Brandon Clark, MVP of the game, in my opinion. Uh, He had 21 points, 15 rebounds. Nine of them were offensive, and he got seven out of those nine in the fourth quarter. Seven offensive rebounds. In the fourth quarter,
3: he killed them in game two or three too. You've yeah, he had a really good series. And
2: I want to, I want to, I want to say for you and the Minnesota fans, the thing that has to be completely frustrating is if, if you look at throughout these five games that have happened so far, yeah, in terms of who's played better and like, if, if you're going, okay, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, throughout all these games, Minnesota has played better,
3: yeah,
2: than Memphis. And this, the last game, yes, uh, last night, those first three quarters were insane. Both teams being young and inexperienced, there was like no structure, it was just vibes. Memphis had 19 turnovers. Yeah. Minnesota had 14 turnovers in the first half. The thing that infuriates me for, for Minnesota is that Memphis was three from 12, three for 12 from three in the first half, in comparison to Minnesota that was on fire in the first half. They made eight or nine three point shots. Yeah, and like Desmond Bain
3: went three for eight for considering how on fire he has been. Where it just seems like an automatic thing, or just like a few games ago where I was saying you can't miss the games where Jaw doesn't make it that big of an impact. Like you got to be able to to hit those because the chances of you getting another chance like that are so slim. And now that we've seen Jaw kind of emerge from his chrysalis of of healing and stuff, I don't think he's gonna regress back I think this is a prove it game to himself that hey I can call upon my body for whatever I need and the team feeding him in the manner that they did last night further shows that they're ready to pass that they're ready to kind of switch back into jaw leads us and we're here to supplement because we have learned that they can get it done without him much earlier before the playoffs started this season.
2: And and some of the tropes for Minnesota throughout the season and and the overconfidence, and obviously Patrick Beverly, who's been doing the, yo, jaw's too small for me, and Carl Anthony Towns doing the shh to the crowd. Uh, I don't know if this is immaturity or the inexperience, but Memphis ending the game outscoring uh, the T-Wolves 37-24, to and again, you you brought it up to start the segment about the blown leads. Um, These are both two young teams and these are kind of some of the things that you have to go through. Why do through. you think
3: they're blowing the leads? Do you think it, like, the broadcaster, like, what I've been gathering is that when they're up, they're not treating the basketball context of the moment correctly, where they're immature. you, it, you just, you keep sending threes. And then all of a sudden you get two or three turnovers. And we know how quickly leads can dissipate for anyone in this league because they can hit threes too. And then all of a sudden, and you've been pumping yourself up, except... Now that's gone in three minutes.
2: And, and, and you I, haven't done
3: all the hard, any of the hard work to l- r- rely on and say, you know what, that's where I'm going to get my confidence.
2: Yeah, and, and to me, it's the immaturity of not only the swagger, but even your veterans like Patrick Beverly, who even last night, he almost could have gotten ejected because he walked up to the ref like it was very – very like he was right in his face, where the, and the refs have been calling fouls all throughout the playoffs. Yeah, like don't put yourself in these situations. Yeah, um, and one thing I do want to say and mention that kind of frustrated me is before Ja got the layup, uh, Minnesota had a chance to take the lead. What ended up happening was uh, D'Angelo Russell took a crazy shot, and we can argue about it wasn't that great of a shot and it should have been someone else. The thing that disappointed me is on the opposite side, the opposite corner. Carl anthony Towns is in no-man land, and I don't need Carl anthony Towns to take every important shot for this team. But what I do know is if Giannis was in that same situation where Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday are taking a game-winning shot, I know that Giannis is going to be in the post trying to fight for that rebound 100%. if that shot doesn't go in. A thousand he's percent. just chilling outside and just like you can't not be involved in some – Former fashion. We're gonna
3: call it the Immaturity Island. Yeah, he is on and the Immaturity Island where I'm gonna be here in my spot that I feel most comfortable with, even though it's not necessarily the one that is best for the team at that point. Because that that comparison of saying their ass would be under the basket right now is a hundred percent true, a thousand percent true, and that's where you need to be embarrassed. You need to be embarrassed on the court. You need to feel it. You need to feel the fury coming from the inside the NBA people and all the fans and stuff. And you have to chew on that at four in the morning during the summer when you're in the gym, when you're doing all this. And it's not just to like get all buffed up so I can take the physicality. This is a difference of decision-making. This is a prioritization issue. And I wouldn't expect them to have it all figured out because we've talked about how inexperienced they are. But Carlithee Towns has some catching up to do because this league is built on youthful exuberance and early success. And he didn't have any of that, and so a lot of this is uniquely coming back to bite him in the ass because of the baggage of being who he is and the career that he's had with this organization. They just got to they just got to wash it out. You just got to go a a few coats of paint over, you know.
2: If it makes you feel any better, I don't think you had as worse of a night, or maybe it's tied. Uh, Trey Young, oh my,
3: they got eliminated, didn't they?
2: Yeah, no Jimmy Butler, no Kyle Lowry, they still lost at the end of the game. Atlanta had a chance to tie it. It was 97-94. Trey gets the ball. He picks up his dribble, allows a double team. They don't even get a shot off. Not even an opportunity. You
3: mean he picks up his dribble, so he sets he, his feet so he can't go anymore? So he,
2: he dribbled. A defender was coming. He picked up his dribble, so he was stuck in the yep. corner. Because otherwise so he's traveling, right? Yeah, and he had to pass the ball. So he screwed. It was messed up. They didn't get a shot off. Hmm. He didn't make a three last game. He went 0 for what? 5. What? He only had 11 points, oh, six so that, turnovers. Those early
3: returns were quickly stamped out. He's the More first
2: learning. player uh, in NBA history since nineteen eighty. Uh, he had more turnovers this series than field goal made. He needs help, though. We he made 25 we field that. goals.
3: 25?
2: Field goals overall in the series, 30 turnovers for the series.
3: Yeah, he needs help. He needs somebody else that's a threat that can actually draw pressure away from him, especially in the biggest moments. Can't always be riding the waves of momentum, but you know what? The coattails of talent and greatness, that we certainly can hitch our wagons to. A deep dive at 35 on the other side of the break to start our second hour of the Playmakers. We're happy you're here, and we hope you stick around. i for the bet. We'll be right back.